Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Have you ever had a thought in your head and you just felt the entire world needed an opportunity to hear your thoughts and all that kind of great stuff? Well, if so, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor Podcasting. It is the easiest platform I have found to make a podcast. They have editing tools, episode creation tools. There's even a green room function. Check it all out. On top of that, they even distribute the whole thing for you for free. The entire thing is free. You can get onto Apple Podcasts. You can get onto Spotify Podcasts, which are, you know, the two that I find get the most traction. Then you get Stitcher and all kinds of other stuff, Blackbox, Whatbox, and all the other boxes that I'm not familiar with. If you are interested in making your own podcast right now, download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, OJ. In today's episode, Keithy chats with Thomas Hazelmine of Amphetamine Reptile Records. Ghost Cult Magazine is honored and I don't use that word a lot, but honored to welcome in Thomas Hazelmeyer of Amphetamine Reptile Records. How are you doing, Thomas? Uh, doing great. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, super cool to talk to you. The label is legendary. So much stuff to unpack. But just recently, we have... Well, hold on a second. This is audio only, so I did all that makeup for no reason? Oh, I don't know. I didn't have you on camera. Did you want to be on camera? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I got on my death mask, you know. You I was just this and... He's got jokes. Oh, shit, I um, did it all for nothing. That's okay. I'm, I'm totally nude and nobody wants to see that. So <laughs> it's all good, bro. Um, I was going to say, yeah, so many things to unpack in the history of the label that I would love to talk to you about. But let's just talk about 2022 and what a bananas batshit time it is in the world to still be operating it, uh, you know, a kind of underground, uh, you know, high quality label. God, 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 God. <laughs> I'm too busy paying attention to all the rest of shit going on out there to, to uh, really knuckle down and, and worry about, think about music that much, to be honest. I don't know. To, I mean, to 2022 just seems like any, any, any year for, for uh, the past few years. I mean, uh, pandemic wise, we kind of uh, stepped up our game a little bit for a while there. That was pretty fun. And uh, 2022 saw us hitting hitting the wall where all the fucking pressing plants were backlogged, backed up, jammed up for all the people that were sitting on their ass during the pandemic, which I never understood during the pandemic because it's like you have a captive audience. Everyone's at home. Do something for them. Mail order, you know, make music, whatever. They're still there. They're still listening. So we kept, uh, me and the Melvins kind of kept busy during that period doing that. Melvin's is insane. I, 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 so there will be books written about them someday when I'm turned to dust because I still don't understand how they put out multiple albums a year, multiple lineups, tour like crazy, and everything seems very equal and they don't seem to be sacrificing too much. I've interviewed Buzz and Dale separately a few times and uh, yeah, they seem to just, I don't know what it is, but whatever they're, I want to bottle whatever they have and take it. I think the first thing is... Uh they realize without sacrificing any of the, the quality, it's a job. And as Buzz will say to you, it's a better job than his dad had. You know, he's never going to bitch about it. And it's an easier job than his dad had. So, you know, working at the sawmill or going on tour, take your pick. Um, but they work it. You know what I mean? Like there's not this, uh, we need 10 years to 
you know, inspect our belly button and think about life in between albums kind of bullshit. And let's face it, no one, tons of musicians, as I'm sure you do too, it is bullshit. The way people just fiddle, fiddle fuck around in between projects and getting shit done. It's true. The days are, uh, I think the industry has changed a lot. And I don't know if it was because of streaming or different kinds of revenue or just the stark reality of the, you know, just the ever rising cost of living and things like that. But, you know, I, I, I had several bands that were very, you know, moderately unsuccessful or sort of regionally successful. And I and we work like crazy. But I, I feel like there was also the same element in our scene where some people were lazy and like well you know if it doesn't take off i'll just go do a different band and not the patience you know like also i think i think specifically with those guys it's when you get over a certain line that people just kind of back off i I think what you're talking about is normal which is when you're hungry and young you're kicking it out really hard you know you're doing those 14-hour days and doing stupid shit that you can only do when you're 20 fucking you know 20 something but uh, it just went, once you, once that line got crossed where it's like, you know, now back off in the pedal and just do an album every three years and, you know, spend spend summer or something, you know, that, that kind of shit just doesn't fly with those guys. They're constantly moving and working. Right. You can't let it come to you in your music career. You got to go get it, you know? Yeah. Also, too, the one thing that, that I was just having a conversation with my wife about this last night was uh, how... And I'm going to, I'm going to come off as the old fucking old man, old turd guy here. Can't help it. I am an old man and I am an old turd, but, uh, that like all this, the access that we have to tech, and I don't see younger people using it. I mean, how many fucking times some young bands like, dude, check us out. And you'll go to their Facebook page, Instagram page. And there's no fucking music. There's nothing there. You're just like, dude, it costs nothing. It almost, you can record pretty high quality for damn near nothing. I mean, I, I've done whole albums on GarageBand and it was fucking better than two thirds of the studios I ever set foot in back in the day. Um, I mean, just, you know, like I said, it's, I don't know if it's a laziness factor, but it's like this weird, I don't want to appear to be trying too hard. I don't know. It's like either you put it out there or you don't, but, uh, it's just weird to me, like how much, and I, I think the Melvins are key at that, where they take advantage of these things, like some of the shit they've done on uh, uh, social media over the years, different crazy shit that other people can't be bothered with or um, setting up their own studio, but then using it, you know, it's like how many times have you read uh, in your life? Like, you know, X, this you know, rock star X with his home studio. And then it's like, that dude puts out a number every six years. What the fuck? You know, it's like you have access to this stuff. Use it. Just, you know, I guess it's not losing that fire. Like, you know, when I when I was 20, I would fucking kill to get in the studio. So it was just kind of weird to me to see, you know, 20 somethings have all this at their fingertips and just not blowing shit up. Right. There's very few bands, I think, that can hang in terms of that kind of work ethic, like the Melvins King, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard remind me of they're putting out like a ton of records. They record every show live and they put them a lot of them out. Uh, I think also, you know, no, I, I feel like on one hand, creatively, I'm with you on the, the you know, I you know everybody's very fatigued about talking about the pandemic. It's it's to me not we're not out of it necessarily in the thick of it disease wise but we're still the global effects are being felt as you mentioned supply chain vinyl shortage 
factories backed up, not enough pressing plants, all that would affect you personally and, and a lot of your bands. But I do feel like maybe as a result of everything, not just the backup and now everybody scrambling to tour or scrambling to try to put a record out now, I just think everybody was just... And, and, you know, certainly, look, people lost lives. They lost their their jobs. Sometimes the band is their side hustle and not their main thing. So not everybody has that ability. But I do also think, like, at the same time, it's we, we're in a weird headspace. The whole industry is in a very weird space between kind of like there's this cool demand for physical product and there's still not enough people kind of like, I don't know, planning. I think the planning is half the battle for a release. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, yes. I mean, I guess it depends on, on which there's so many stratas of planning, you know? Um, well, assuming you've made music to put out, um, even a DIY band without a label, there's a certain, I still, I still feel like good, a good publicist that gets in front of me, their band has a chance to get put on my website and get heard by someone on my team to write a review, a band that doesn't try and messages me like the day after it came out. You have no chance of get almost no chance of getting to me. So that's just me at the end. I'm on the end user beside the part the part, you know fans and purchasers, and I'm still also a music fan, and I buy a lot of music just to, to you know for my happiness. But um, I I can't tell you how the thousands of emails I get a month. It's like my record just came out. Oh, too late. I can't help you. You need to have gotten to me three months ago so I could get you in the you know in the list. But that's just me. That's my process. It's hard out there. I would imagine, like I said, there is some. I mean, things. there's definitely. I mean, there's a, there's a reason uh, labels have existed. I mean, having uh, uh, straddled multiple decades uh, watching this, I'm not exactly sure how a label plugs in now versus twenty, you know, 10, 15, 25 years ago. Um, but there's a, you know. The, the, the reason I got started was I was doing it for myself because no one else would. And my friends see me doing it, you know, and guys like uh, uh, Steve Turner, like in Mud Honey, and uh, the guys in the U-Men just going, hey, put out, put out the, can you help me do my record? And just like realizing like, like, well, why would you have me do it? It's pretty easy. You know, you just do A, B, C, D, E, follow these 26 steps and flip this over, make sure it's a full moon and some more when you do that kind of thing and then realizing like oh okay i have this skill set that most musicians don't have and in actuality i enjoyed putting out records more than i enjoyed playing music you know i was still involved with it and there were certain aspects i liked more but uh i mean i kind of got sidetracked there the bottom line is like yeah it's just like needing somebody else to help them organize because i mean you know musicians are musicians which isn't belittling them whatsoever their focus is on a different thing um you know, worrying about a production schedule is not on the top of their mind for the most part. It's the rare, the rare beast that I run into that gets into that as much as they do, you know, working on that song or the production of that album or that kind of shit. Uh, you have to tell me, too, when I start getting to the point where you can't uh, understand what I'm saying as I lose my voice slowly over the conversation. No, you're good. You're good. No, no, I'm not. Gonna I did pretty good me. today where I wasn't. Uh, I was basically literally sitting by myself, stuffing records all morning. So. I didn't, wasn't talking to anybody. Gotcha. What's the, I, I saved there, myself for you. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I think about all the great bands that have been on the label and I go back to the helmet release. So I'm from the beginning as a fan, I was at the Melvin's helmet CMJ show at the Ritz. I'm from New York city. Originally I live in California now, but, uh, 
you know, as a longtime fan, it feels like Melvin's to me would be like the quintessential band on the label. Obviously, they're still affiliated. Is there is there another band or list of short list of bands who come to mind as like you are proud to be, you know, associated with them after all this time? Um, but that's that's uh, you know, tell us which is your favorite kid and why. Um, kind of. One of those kind of questions, you know, well, I, well, I hate the middle child, but the, the firstborn, well, the thirdborn was pretty, you know, um, it, uh, uh, I mean, as of late, I mean, kind of, it was buzz that kind of dragged me back into stuff <clears throat> and re revamping and restyling how we do, you know, the label. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. <coughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Versus how, how, you know, the first, first go around the first 10, 15 years, it was pretty much like a, a straight ahead, you know, record label business and following the typical model of an indie label. Um, this, this go around, we, we just decided to do stuff completely different. Um, so, I mean, right now the Melvins would be, you know, kind of the quintessential, you know, band that represents what we're doing now. In the past, I would kind of, if I had to pick one band that kind of encompassed you know, it would have been it would have been the cows back in the day, just because those guys were the the fucking road warriors. They took out every baby band. Um, you know, the sound was pretty much uh, spot on to what we were trying to do. I don't know if that makes sense. Totes, absolutely. Uh, big cows fan here. Many many bands. I could just list off all the bands. I, I probably have uh, historically quite a bit of Amrap stuff in my collection. Uh, love the new Melvin's album again. Kind of, sort of semi surprise dropped an album. Um, they kind, of, they you know they hinted they had one coming, and it's like oh it's coming out um, soon, and then there it was. Uh, you know, which is they they have that luxury of doing that. And I had just seen them like right when that happened. I just saw them here in San Francisco on Labor Day, and uh, and they were killer. They're still a great band live. Um, in turn, and I know that you're personally involved. You still do a lot of the artwork. You still very, you know, you're yourself like very hands on with everything. Obviously, this is your life, um, you know, uh, what what kind of, you know, obviously you talked about what you were doing earlier. What go like what's in the day of, of Thomas for the label head? Uh, it's kind of the punching in and doing the, the eight hour days of your are pretty much long gone. It's just kind of. You know, there's enough shit thrown at you throughout the day just to kind of fill, you know, fill it in. Like, oh, you got to finish getting that art done. You got to get that off to the pricing plant. You know, that order needs to be filled. There's just like enough knickknack bullshit. Right on. That's great to hear. We'll add that to the list for this weekend to check out and share. Super stoked that, you know, you still have a hand in this game. I don't know if, you know, when you were kind of out of it or sort of semi-retired, uh, just monitoring the legacy of, of the label. Was there any other labels? Are there any other labels out there presently that you feel like have the same spirit you had back in the day or you just feel like I'm doing my own thing? I mean, I gotta be honest, I haven't paid intensive uh, attention like I once used to because at a certain point, paying that much attention to it became the job in and of itself in a, in a, in a strange way. It's kind of like that, that, that uh, you were talking about checking emails out from bands or, or for me, it was always like listening to demos where it's like, God, this is great. And check out, I get to check out all these bands and fast forward 10 years. It's like, if I ever never have to listen to a demo again, it'll be too fucking soon. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> um, 
So I'm not, I'm not exactly the, the, you know, on top of it, on top of uh, stuff to, to comment, I guess I'm, I'm not informed enough. I mean, I see stuff go on. There are certain things in certain bands and times where something will get me excited again, which is uh, great. You know, I fucking, I love when that happens. Very cool. Very cool. Anything else uh, coming down the pike you'd like to share? I know there were some um, potential. I know there was like a lot of, you know, Melvins are doing this kind of like three steps forward and always a little bit of a look back for their fans who are very hungry for the early stuff. Uh, any chance at some reissues? Has anybody made you an offer to, you know, help you do a reissue? Maybe take some of the work off of you for some of the reward or anything like that that, you know? No, I mean, that's that's part of what I was talking about before, where it's like, I don't quite know how the landscape is so bizarro land, you know, just like how it's broken up with the the uh, the streaming and the and the, the downloads versus physical product and the kind of collapse of the physical distribution networks and all the, you know, it's a, such, such upheaval. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we've been doing stuff. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with how how it's been going where it's like making kind of small run hand art made releases that are pricey and it's not, um, uh, uh, oh man, I'm spaced out the word. It's, it's kind of a, a, a niche, you know, kind of thing where we're, uh, you know, making art as well, you know, with the music, basically on the premise that the music's out there. Music's basically free. You know, we all know, a thousand ways of, of downloading that new album for free. Um, the model as it stands now, isn't really sustainable. I think everyone kind of figured that out too. So it's kind of like moving off into areas like buzz and joys that as well as I do, which is we've always been, you know, visual guides as well as musically inclined. So it's kind of pulling all that together. Right on. Did you actually start out as an artist uh, or a musician first? Um, I would never, I never really called myself an artist. <laughs> I did lots of graphics. I started right. off making, you know, hardcore uh, flyers for my hardcore punk band in the, in the really early eighties. Um, I've always been inclined that way and like doing, doing a, a lot of the AMREP covers way back when, like design wise, graphically. It wasn't until the past 10 years that I actually got into the physical art aspect of it, like making the, the physical art as well as, you know, the design, then taking that physical art and, you know, finishing up with the design jobs and shit. Um, I mean, I've always had a hand in, in the art aspect of things, but uh, this kind of elevated it. Uh, just kind of as a last, I always like to end with a wild card question and I want to give you back your day and get you to rest your voice. Uh, you know, I try to end with a wild card question. So the one I thought for you outside of music you've released, do you have a favorite record or band of all time? The Association. Mm-hmm. Come on, you gotta appreciate that. You're 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 from uh, you're from California now. Yeah. No, uh, that that is always a constant changing. I've, I've never had like a touchstone. I envy the people that do like the you know certain friends who are just like you know it's always been the Stones since I was seven. It's the Stones or it's always been Bowie. You know, ever since I was a twelve year old and I discovered Bowie, it changed my life. I have touchstones, you know, bands and and eras and stuff I fucking love and that you know mean the world to me. But it's never been. Uh, one that's risen up to being the obvious, you know, moment kind of, you know, band thing. 
the aha moment. I appreciate yeah. that so much. And I appreciate the, depends audience. on how many beers you're into it. You know, <laughs> if you're sure. four beers into it and then all of a sudden gang of four entertainment comes on, <laughs> that was the record. That was a thing that changed my whole, and then 20 minutes later, you know, never mind the bullets. Oh, the, that was the record. And then T-Rex slider come, and then you go that that's the fucking one. That's the one, you know, Right on. That's, that's me in a nutshell. The best discussions of all time are discussions about bands and times and, and touch, po you know, signposts in your life to me. Uh, oh, definitely. <laughs> awesome. Thomas Hazelmeyer, man. Thank you. What a treat it has been to talk to you. Thanks so much for sharing this stuff. Stay in touch with us and let us help amplify whatever stuff you have coming out or anything you're involved with. We will always support. Thank you so well, much. Well done. I hope that wasn't too disjointed. No, you were great, man. Thank you again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. This has been another episode of the Ghost Quote Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghostquotemag.com and follow our socials at ghostquotemag. Until the next time, peace. Peace.